Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for Jairus for sharing his story with us today. I just want to welcome you here to Coa Church. You made it. You braved the rain. Um, you braved the Viva Calle that's happening downtown. Um, and you made it here. And we want to say welcome to you here. We know that God is here in this place with us as we gather. And so we want to say welcome. If you're here looking for your people, your place, your purpose, we want to say to you, welcome home. This is the series we're starting today. Welcome home. And the good news I have is that this house, God's house, it's not our house, it's God's house, and his house is open to all of us. God wants you here, and we are so excited that you are here as well. If you've ever looked for a place to call home, the good news is that God's house is open to all of us. And as we start into this today, you know, uh, if you've ever been to a new school, probably all of us have been at that place at some point in our life. I think even Jairus talked about it in his story, right, of, of shifting schools. Sometimes when you get to a new school, you get there, and I, you know, the, the challenging, the most challenging time, I think, is like, right, you get to lunch. Whether it's college or high school, middle school, whatever, you get to lunch, you're like, I, I met one person maybe so far, if it's like a new, new school for you. You're like, is that person here across the crowd of faces? Who do, I, who do I seek out? Like, where's a safe place for me to sit? I don't want to sit at the table maybe with all the cool people and then get like told I'm not allowed to be there. Where's a safe place for me to sit? And the amazing thing about God is he says, everybody's welcome at my table. Everybody's welcome at my house. No matter our past, no matter who we are, we're welcome in his house. And today I want to talk about finding your home and what it looks like to put some roots down in your home. Maybe you've been a part of Tekoa from the beginning, or maybe you've just joined us last week for the first time or at some point along the journey. But I want to invite you, my message is titled today, Planted and Rooted, Planted and Rooted. And I believe that if you commit to that, you will be able to find your people, find your place, find your purpose. And maybe you've been doing that, and I want to invite you, if you're in that camp, if you're in that boat, to go deeper with your roots. Because I think as we go deeper, the more fruit that we get to bear in this life, and the more that God does in us, the more he unleashes as we get more firmly planted in his house. Before I get into the scripture this morning, I want to highlight where and where I'm going to focus on the scripture of being planted. I want to start with actually our name, Tekoa. Where do we get that from? I'm going to actually talk more about this in my message next week in this passage of scripture, but I wanted to start with where Tekoa comes from. It's a place where God's people turned to him in their time of need, and he provided for them. That happened in 2 Chronicles 20. That's where we get our name from, because that's our vision for this place, this house. There would be a place where people would come and turn to God, and he, they would see him provide for them. We've seen him do it in other lives already, and we believe that he's going to do that for even more people as we continue to be faithful to him. 
And so my first point today is that, that it's a place where um, we would see God provide for us. So I want to look at 2 Chronicles 20. And many nations had come together, banded together actually, to come against God's people. And the armies started coming into the land. And Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Israel, said, I'm afraid. And he set his face, it says, to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast in all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. What did they do? They all came to seek God. What did Jehoshaphat do? He didn't assemble the, the best generals that he had. He didn't just assemble a think tank of like, what do we do? He didn't just send some people out. He said, no, what we need to do is we need to assemble our people and come to God. In their time of need, they assembled the people and they said, it, they, it says they went to God's house. It says, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, God, for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear us and save. Where did they go? They went to the house of the Lord. They went to his house, to God's house, to his temple, which would later become the church, the meeting place of his people, because that's where they knew God's presence resided more fully. And they said, we're going to come to your house, God. We're not going to turn to the things that we could turn to. We're going to go because in your house, in your presence, our lives are transformed. Our perspective is transformed and our situation will be different. I want to ask you, where do you go when it feels like the army is coming or you feel the challenges of life? Is your first response to go to Google, Facebook, to a friend, to your parents, to Reddit? to food, to what do you run first? Because what God's people did first was they ran to his house and they ran to God. They came together and they went to God because in his house is provision. And that provision, it comes in different forms for us. Sometimes it's what we think of when we read the Bible. It's the supernatural provision and God still acts in this way today. Sometimes a miracle happens when we come to him. And something physically changes in our world because of what God is doing with the spiritual and we find healing or we find him practically deliver us from what we're facing and sometimes it comes that way sometimes it comes through his community his people gathered together and as his people are gathered together they can help and we help one another in our situations and that's how God provides sometimes it's through gaining wisdom as we come into his presence that's part of why we're all here right now and you are even sitting in those chairs right to see to gain some wisdom from the scriptures and from what god has for you sometimes it's knowledge of how to act differently even as in in a combination of these is what the israelites would see right they knew to act differently and they knew that god was going to provide a miracle for them and so that's what they did almost always it's a perspective shift for us we realize that what things look like for us, what things look like for Jehoshaphat, aren't how things really were. Jehoshaphat realized, yes, these armies are coming against me, and I'm really scared because of them, but you know what? I don't need to be scared anymore, because as his people came together, and as they prayed, and they fasted, and the word of the Lord was spoken, they knew God promised to go before them, and their perspective was different. They said, yeah, the armies are still coming, but God's going out before us to meet them, and so I don't need to be worried about them. 
And so when things happen in our life and we come before God, our perspective often shifts and we realize maybe the reality doesn't change. Sometimes God changes the reality, but sometimes the reality is the same, but our perspective and how we see it is different. Jehoshaphat was scared. What did he do? He didn't run away. He didn't hide. He didn't just immediately send out the army. No, he gathered his people. He went to his place, God's church the house of the Lord, and they looked to God for provision. They fasted, they prayed, they got perspective. They got the army was coming, but they didn't need to be afraid of the army because God was going before them. We sometimes know, you know, as we gather together, you know, sometimes it's community, right? We see a friend. Sometimes we need to borrow the faith of a friend because we don't have enough faith for ourselves, if you've ever been in that that place, where you're there and you say, you know what, I don't know if I believe, but my friend says, you know what, I believe for you. And I can see what's happening. Just trust that God is moving. Sometimes we get to borrow the faith of somebody else and see through their faith-filled eyes. And together, we can see how things really are and see what the perspective is. And something happens. What I want to encourage you, you who are all here this morning, who are listening even online this week, something happens and there's value as we come to the house of God. And the house of God is His church. That's the house of the Lord. There's something valuable that happens when we come to his house. Because when we come to his house, his presence, it says, was there. And in, in God's house, his presence is more fully here. And it's, it's easier for us to encounter him here because he's here more fully. It's not that we can't encounter him when we're at home, you know, in our room praying to him. We can still hear him. We can still see what he has to stay for us. He's still there just as much. We can encounter him as we're driving down the freeway and we say some prayers or we worship as the music's on because we're by ourselves. You know, he's in those places too. He's, He's there when we gather together with other people. But in his house, his presence is here in a more full way and it becomes easier to hear and to see and to know what he has for us. You know, it's a little bit like as we come into his house, you know, you, you guys know that I like to hide my props in front of the TV here. You know, it, it's a little bit like as we come to his house, you know, we have a spoon at home that we can eat from the Word of God from. But when we come to his house, it's like we get an upgrade of the spoon here. Just a little bit easier. We don't have to work so hard to get fed. It's not that you can't do it on your own, but who wants to work that hard all the time? It's good during the week to sustain us. But we don't want to live our whole lives with the, the tiny little spoon that my, you know, seven-month-old daughter uh, uses for, for, for her food, right? Like, we get an upgrade in this place. And it's, it's a little bit like, you know, who wants to hear with just our, our little ears? But when we come to this place, it's like our ears got a little bit magnified. We got some antenna added on as well. And it's just a little bit easier to hear God because of how He is and His presence being in this place. And it's easier to get the right perspective. It's like everything's a little bit magnified for us. Like we can hear better, we can see better, we can eat better. This is what happens when we come to this place, right? And you all are laughing at me right now. It's okay. You can laugh at the pastor in church. You're not going to go to hell just because you laughed at the pastor. You know, I, I I made the joke about myself. It's okay. But I think sometimes even we feel like we come to this place and we feel a little silly in this place. Or we feel like we act a little silly in this place and it makes us uncomfortable. And, you know, do I act 
a little bit silly. You know, we're on our knees fasting and praying, as it said in this passage, and you're like, this is a weird place to be. Like, I'm on my knees. Like, is anything really happening in this place? And you say, no, it's better to be in the house of the Lord. It's better to look a little bit silly. Sometimes we're here, we're singing, we're dancing, we're shouting, and we look a little bit silly as we're worshiping God. But I would rather look a little bit silly, right? Sometimes, you know, last week we had baptisms in this giant tank of water that is meant to give water to drink for horses and cattle on the farm. And we had three people that got baptized in it. But you know what? Those people said, you know what? I'm going to look a little bit silly because God's more important to me than how I look in this world. Because I know even if I look a little bit silly, it's going to be okay because I, I want more of God more than I want to look good. I want more of God than just staying at home and, and taking it easy. Like, I'll look a little bit more. King David said as he came into Israel and he was dancing and, you know, the woman in his life said, you look silly, David. He said, you know what, I'll be more undignified than this. I'll look more crazy than I look right now if it means I get more of God in my life. And some of us, I think, we need to be willing to get a little bit more undignified. We need to look a little bit silly. We need to be willing to, you know, put on the ears and the glasses and say, it's okay. If I get more of God in my life, it's worth it because I know that God is good and his presence is good and I want more of his presence. Because just as the Israelites and Jehoshaphat found out here, it's more than battle plans. It's more than physical preparedness. What they said is, I need God in my life, not those things. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get more of God because he is the one that I need. And I'll give you the end of the story, even though I'm going to preach more of this next week, so you're not in suspense. Matter of fact, I encourage you, 2 Chronicles 20, read that chapter this week. It's a great chapter of what God did in this story. But God gave them direction and said, you don't need to go out and fight. And what it says is it says that they went to, they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. Here, at Tekoa, this is where God provided for his people as they went out. They didn't need to fight because God provided. That's the end of the story. They went out. They looked silly because they all went and worshiped God when the army was coming against them. They, were, they put their singers and their worshipers in front of the army. They were singing and they were dancing, and the army was like, this is the strangest thing we've ever done. But God provided, but God was there. And they said, you know what, I'm going to look a little bit silly if it means God's going to show up for me. And that's what happened. They didn't even need to fight. The army was scattered that came against them, and the armies went home, and they were provided for because God provided for them because they trusted in God, and they didn't just trust in themselves. And Tekoa was this place where God's people turned to him, and he provided for them. That's where we get our name from. That's our vision for this house, that it would be a place where God's people would turn to him and see his provision in their lives. We've seen this become a reality for so many people over the last year that he has provided for them when they've looked to him, and we know that he's going to do even more than this. That This is going to be a place, church, and is a place where God is providing for his people. We need to come to his house. We need to be planted to it. The house is open to all, but we need to come to it, because in his house is his presence you can experience him in greater ways in his house. And we're meant to be together with God's people, not just on our own. We're not meant to come together. My next point this morning is to be planted in the house. 
be planted in the house. What I want to encourage you to do is not just run to the house in your time of need, but be planted in the house. The place to run to when times are good is God's house. Because in his house, we're prepared for whatever comes. Because in his house, we bear fruit and grow strong. And when times are good, times are really good in his house. But also when times are, are difficult, we're prepared. We get to enjoy the good times of life. We get to, to be stronger in the challenging times of life. I want to encourage you to be planted in his house, whether times are good or times are bad. You know, my wife and I have been in San Jose for over six years now. We have made it our home. We've committed to this place. We've committed to raise our, our children in this place. Our, our hearts are in this place like my heart has been in no other place. Before the move here, though, for the decade before, the 10 plus years before I moved here, I had practically never lived in the same house for more than a year at a time, for 10 years straight. It was move after move after move. Sometimes it was another city, but at least every two years, it was not just a different city, it was a different state or a different country that I was living in or my wife and I were living in. And it was one after the other as God was leading me on my journey to come here. And it was good, and there was so much I learned because of that journey, and there was so much I learned of even being in different churches and different houses that worship God differently, and I got to learn, and my faith got to grow. But one of the things that I have learned as well is it's really difficult to not be firmly planted and firmly rooted. And your growth can only grow so much every time you move. You have to start over a little bit. Every time you move, you know, those roots can't be that deep if you're just moving all the time. And so it's important for us to be rooted. And I've learned that it's valuable to be planted in God's house not just planted in a house, but planted in his house to be planted and established roots for a longer period of time, not just constantly moving to the next thing. And I'm not just making this up. It comes from Psalm 92. King David said, the righteous flourish like the palm tree. I think this was David. I just inserted that in there. I don't actually know, so I'm not going to it might have been David. One of the psalmists said, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Be planted in God's house. And I'll say this. Be planted in God's house somewhere. It doesn't have to be this church. It doesn't have to be this house. But be planted in a house. There are many good houses. There's many good churches. Even in the city, I'm friends with a lot of different pastors around here. There's many good churches. But what I want to encourage you is to not just be floating around, but to be planted in a house. Because what does Psalm say? It says you will flourish. You'll flourish instead of floundering around if you're planted in his house. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. Too many people are walking around floundering in this life because they're not planted. In their life, in their faith, they aren't flourishing. If you aren't planted, you're not going to flourish in life. Remember what I said, when you're planted, you're prepared for when times get difficult because your roots grow deep. And I, lo I looked this up this week. So there's palm trees, and I thought of palm trees because we have palm trees around us in our room here today, and we live in California. And I've really grown to like these palm trees. 
But, you know, what I've found is some palm trees grow like 40 feet tall. Some can grow up to 100 feet tall um, as a palm tree. But they did a study even with the 40-foot tall palm trees. And if they put that tree in a two-foot pot, the tree will only grow seven feet tall. And they got a little bit of a bigger pot, and they were able to grow the tree to 14 feet tall. But stuck in a pot, the tree was limited in its size. Not only was it limited in its size, it was more limited by its environment. They had to water more often. They had to fertilize the tree more often. And a true palm tree can grow in the middle of a desert even, when you can't see water. Because the roots can go deep enough that it can have an access to a water source that nothing else has. When you're planted and rooted, you have access to the water of life. As Jesus said, you have access to the living water of him. I want to ask you, are you planted in a pot or are you planted in the ground? Yes, the pot is more mobile. Yes, you can, you know, pick up and leave really quickly. But you're limited when you're in the Maybe, maybe you're mobile and you just feel like, hey, I just get a sprinkling of water or I come into the house of God and I get a little bit of water here and there. But when you're planted and when you're rooted, you have access to the, the water source of, at all times. Church, too often what we see around us, we see the world and we think it looks good. But it's like these trees. They look good, but they're just masquerading. They're just fake. It, it looks nice. But it's not really a tree. They're not really planted and they are limited. They're not going to grow anymore. It looks correct, but it's not. And you're restricted when you're not planted in the ground. You can only grow so much. And we need to be committed to be planted in God's house for the long time, not just the short. Palm trees only grow one foot a year. And if you leave every two years or every year, even like I did for a period of my life, you will look like the tree that's not planted in the ground. You'll, the, you'll be limited in how much you can, you know, for, for a year or a two, it'll look like, oh, it's just growing like the other tree. But you will be limited in the, the amount that you can grow until you get planted and until you can flourish, as it says here in Psalms. It says even when they get old, the trees are still bearing fruit for the entirety of their lives because their roots are strong and they have access to the water source. They have access to the water, the river of life. They have access to God at all times. This week, I was um, at the chiropractor and it seems like when I hit 30 and planted a church and literally built my house, my body said, you're getting old. And I'm like, I'm not that old body. You can't give up on me already. I'm still young. I don't, I'm not that old yet. And, and I, I started, you know, I, I started going because as I was building my house, I was swinging a hammer one day and all of a sudden I couldn't swing the hammer anymore because my arm had so much pain in it. And I went to the doctor and then I ended up at the chiropractor and the chiropractor said, yes, it's your neck that's causing your arm pain. And I started going and, you know, what I found out is that 30% of adults have some sort of back pain. And as they get older, it goes up to almost one half of all adults have some sort of regular back pain in their lives. And if you, depending on which doctor you go to, they might just tell you, yeah, this is normal. Your body's given up. Like you're getting old. It's normal, right? Half of, like one out of two people have this problem. So this is just life. Like, yeah, maybe we can try to treat it. Maybe we can try to have it be better. But God didn't 
just make our bodies just to wear out. It's true, we live in a broken, sinful world, and our bodies do wear out. But there are things that we can do to help maintain them. And I originally went because of my hurt arm, and I had to go regularly for a while, and then I got down to, I just go once a month, and then I have some, you know, daily regular exercises that I can do, and the pain stays away in my life. But then I started to get comfortable. I said, you know what, like, I got this, I'll keep, you know, when I feel like it, I'll do my exercises, but I don't need to go anymore. So it was like two months went by, and I'm like, oh yeah, like, this has been good. And then all of a sudden, with a vengeance, my arm is just all in pain again. And then I had to go back, and I had to go eight times in a month instead of one time in a month to, to fix the problem that was going on in my life. And what I learned was my regular maintenance was really, really important. You know, if we're, we're a part of God's ha- church regularly and we're a part of his community regularly with other people in our lives, you know, and it's, it's our spiritual health, not our physical health, so it's not just a once-a-month thing. You know, this is a regular weekly thing that we're doing. But if we're a part of Christian community, we're daily connecting with God personally in our own lives. You know, we say at this church, join our gatherings, jump into a group, and help build his house. If you do this regularly, when the storm comes, when the drought comes, when the difficult things come, it's still hard. It's still not the most fun, but it's no longer an emergency eight times a month kind of thing. It's a, I've got this, I trust God, let me push into it, but it's going to be okay because my roots go deep. Jeremiah says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The drought comes. You don't just just survive the drought. You bear fruit in the middle of the drought. Everyone else is running, looking for water, or hoping the gardener will come by and splash something on them. But you're there saying, you know what, I'm okay. I'm even still bearing fruit in the middle of this. You're like the grape that's on the vine that's getting prepped for the wine that I don't know if you knew this, but they will intentionally introduce adversity and lack of water into the grape because the fruit is better, because the wine tastes better. If they were to just always at all times regularly water the grape and give it as much water as it wanted, it's a weak fruit. It doesn't taste very good. It's not a very good drink. But instead, if there's some adversity that the, the uh, vines, the gardener introduces into it, the grape, the fruit is better. And when our roots are deep, that's what it's like. It's still challenging, but the fruit still comes. We're planted in God's house, and when times are good, and then when times are bad, we still flourish in either situation. We bear fruit in either situation. We grow tall and strong. It's why even for our team, you know, we have people in Tacoa Kids that are, are teaching Jesus to kids upstairs. We have our home team, and we have even some of our team that's in here on the band or in production. Right? We encourage them as much as possible while we have one service here to rotate in so that they can even sit, that they can partake in what God is doing because it's good to be in His presence, and it's good. It's good to serve. It's good to build His house. But it's also good to be in his presence and get to soak up some of the water and get a chance for those roots to go a little bit deeper in our life. 
So I want to invite some of you, it might be time for you in your life to be committed to being planted in God's house. You know, I think maybe a lot of you are pretty committed to it because you made it past the rain, you made it past the Viva Calle that was happening this week. But don't just let that be happenstance, commit to that. So that it's difficult to uproot you, it's not just a pot that somebody can just move when they want, no matter what happens, drought or plenty, storm or adversity, you are flourishing, you are bearing fruit because you're planted in the house of God. And I'll let you know how to do that a little bit better a little bit later in service, but be planted in his house. I want to finish my message before I wrap up. One more thing I want to share with you. I feel like there's a word I have for this house specifically, that as, as we've been praying as a team, as I've been praying over the last few months, God has given me a word for this. Something consistently has come up in my times of prayer. And what he has said is he said, be grateful for what I've done, but ask for more. Be grateful, but ask for more. Thank God. We're to thank God for what he's done, but we're not to just be content with what he's done, but we're to seek more from him. Whether it be his presence, whether it be his provision, whether it be his goodness, whatever it is, we should thank him for what he's done, but then ask for more. You know, even last night I was driving home from Pastor Tim's wedding. Congratulations to him and Leah. They got married last night. And I was driving home from the wedding and our youngest was in the back of the car crying the whole way home. And I just knew in my head, like, we're going to get to the traffic light, the last one before our house, and she's going to, you know, settle down. But there was nothing we could do. If, if we stopped, it, it wasn't going to help the situation. So we're driving and and, uh, you know, Allie even starts to pray, and she says, God, thank you that you've given us a daughter. Thank you that you've given her great lungs. I pray that they could worship and praise you as she grows older. But would you, like, help comfort her right now and quiet her right now? Right? We're, thank God for what he's done. Don't just be bitter for the situation, but that doesn't mean we don't ask for more or better in our lives. You know, what do you have in your life that you can be grateful for? You know, we start with gratitude. Maybe it's just your salvation. Maybe it's for some provision that he has in your life. Maybe it's for your friends or your family. Maybe you feel like you don't have much. You don't have those things. You wish for those things. Maybe you just have this church. Maybe you can thank him for this church. Maybe you just have the salvation that he has for you. But thank him for that, but ask him for more. Thank you for my job, God. I don't really like it, but I'm grateful that I have some provision. But I'm asking you, God, for a better one. Thank you for my friend, but I'm asking for some more friends in my life because I need some more support. Thank you for my place to live, God, but I'm asking you for a better place to live because I know that this isn't where I want to be. Thank you, God, for your presence, but I'm asking for more of it, God. Jesus said, and it, ask and it will be given, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Church, we're grateful for what God has done even over the last year of our church. We celebrated it last week. It was an amazing time to gather and celebrate together. And it's appropriate for us to say, God, thank you for all the things that you have done in our lives and in our church's life. But God, we're, we're not asking for just that. We're asking you to keep moving. It's not a, okay, we checked that box. He impacted a few people. We got a, you know, there was some baptisms that we had. There were some people that found new life. Like, okay, check, moving on. Now we say, 
thank you. We're, we're not dissatisfied with what he's done. We say, thank you, God. We're grateful for what you've done. But it's time to ask for even more. It's time to say, God, I'm, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life, but, but I want more. And I'm believing as I ask, as I knock, as I don't give up, God, you're going to do even more in my life. You're going to do more in our church's life. You're going to do more in my friend's life or my family's life. You're going to do more, God, but we can't just give up asking. You know, this spring I went through a journey. I think I might have shared some of this before, but I went through this journey where God had provided a lot of the things I was asking for, some things I've been asking for for years for provision, and he provided those things in my life, and then I stopped asking for things. And as I was praying, God said, I'm not giving you anything because you're not asking for anything. And so I started to diligently say, you know what, personally I'm going to do this. As a church, we're going to do this. We're going to diligently pray until God provides. We're going to say, thank you, God, for what you've been doing. Thank you that you provided these other things. But God, I want you to do so much more. You know, one of those things that we were praying for for the last three, four months was we were praying that some people would find the courage to go public with their faith in baptism. And so for three months, we were praying, God, we pray that you would move in people's lives, that they would accept you, Jesus, for who you are, and say, I will share that with the world and go public in baptism as you commanded us to do. And so for three months, we prayed for that as a team and as a church, and then God provided. And now, church, it's time for us to say, God, thank you that you provided, but we're still asking because we know that there is more in store. You're not done with what you're doing in this church. You're not done with what you're doing in our lives. So I don't know what you need God to do in your life. I don't know if you feel like he's given you a lot and you're in a season of good and a plenty, or if you feel like you're in a season of drought and difficulty. But either way, we're to thank God for what he has done for us. But it's time to go to him and say, God, I want more of you. I want you to do more in my life. I'm going to invite the band back up here as I finish. You know, Tekoa, I said the vision is for this to be a place where God's people would turn to him and see him provide for them just as he did in the Bible with his people in Second Chronicles 20. And what I want to invite you to do is to be planted in the house of the Lord. Be planted in his house so that whether times are good or times are bad, you have access to the water source and you can bear fruit. And let's be grateful for what he's done and ask for more. There's three ways I want to invite you to do this. There's, this is kind of what we say around here. To join our gatherings, jump into a group, and build the house. You know, join our gatherings is probably the easiest thing for you to do. You know, we gather on Sundays. Sometimes we gather for, for prayer or worship nights or other things. But to join our gatherings don't just exist on your own. If you want to make this house your house, you know, some of you you know, are newer around here, if you want to say, hey, what does it mean for Tekoa to be my church? This is what it means, these three things. Join our gatherings. The second of these is to jump into a group. We have a regular season three, four times a year. We have a season of groups. We're starting these in a week. You can jump on the website right now, even in the middle of service, it's fine, or after service, um, and our groups are listed there. There's groups for married couples, there's groups for singles, there's groups for young adults, there's groups for whoever. And it's a chance for us to meet regularly for about 10 weeks with the same people to go deeper in our faith and build community. And as a pastor, this is the thing I would encourage you to do most. It's probably the, the best thing you can do for your faith and your life is to get around a group of people that can know you. You know, sometimes people reach out to me and say, you know, hey, can I talk to you, pastor? And I, I say yes, 
but I, I see what they're going through, and I, and I think, you know, if you had a few other Christians around you in your life, there would, you know, I, I see the other person that reaches out, and they're going through a difficult time, and they, they're planted in God's house, and they're planted with a group of people around them that are in their group, and the support that they have is so much greater. And so I want to encourage you to jump into one of our groups. And lastly, to build the house. And there's a few different ways that we build the house. One of those that we do each week is we invite you to worship him through your giving. It's a practical way to build his house. It takes finances to build his house. And as part of our worship is we trust him with the finances that he has given us. And so you can do that right now um, during service. Um, and you can do that online or at the boxes by the doors. But practically we build his house. That's part about being in his church. Partly how we build his house is also through serving. There's an incredible team of people that sets up every morning. Some of them get here at 6.30. Some of them get here at 8. If you're a morning person or not that much of a morning person. There's a team that tears down for the really not morning people. There are teams that work with kids. There's teams that greet or do coffee. There's teams that do the band and production. We'll even train you if you want to learn some of those things. But we contribute back to God and what he's done. We help build his church, and we don't just sit in it. And part of building, it's like working out. Part of working out means that we actually get stronger, and our faith gets stronger, and what God is doing is stronger. And then third, the third thing about building the church is sometimes we do outside of these walls. We serve our community. We call it Live Love Local around here. I'm going to preach on this in a couple ways, a couple weeks, about some ways even for you to to do this, to, to be a part of his, um, of what we're doing in our community. We believe we're not supposed to just keep it to ourselves, but we're supposed to go share God's love with our world. If you need help figuring out how to do those things, maybe you have questions or you're interested um, in making this your house, but you're not sure, I want to invite you, me or our staff would love to meet with you. I love coffee, and I'd love to go to your favorite coffee shop, buy you some coffee, hear your story, share some of ours. Maybe you don't know that much about coffee. I'll take you to one of my favorite places as well. Um, but reach out to me or our staff. We would love to connect with you. If you're here this morning, I want to invite us to come to God. We're going to come to God to prayer in just a minute here. I want to invite you to come to Him with whatever you have, whatever you need. Maybe you feel like you're in a dry and thirsty place and you feel like your roots aren't very deep. And the good news is God meets us in that place. And he will give you water if you need it. He will give you a drink if you need it. Would you guys bow your heads? Would you pray with me right now as I pray for you? God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit in this place. That you would pour out your blessing over these people. And over us, over your church. God, whether we feel like we're in the land of abundance right now or the land of the desert. God, that you would just fill us, that you would give us water. Whether our roots are deep or shallow, I pray that they would go deeper. I pray that whether they're shallow or deep right now, that the rains might come and so it doesn't matter. May you just pour out your spirit over these people. And even as I was worshiping, God, I felt like you just sharing the idea, the truth, that God, you don't want us to carry the heavy burdens of life, but you are the Lord that takes them off of our shoulders and carries them for us. So I pray that the people that are here this morning, there's people that are here, if you need him to take something off your shoulders, if you need a, a, a refreshing drink of water, that you would just give that up to God right now and say, would you help me? Would you take this? 
Say, God, I'm thankful for what you've given to me, but I'm going to ask for more. I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Just you can tell God, and just even in your mind, what are you thankful for in your life? Whether there's a lot of things to be thankful for, or you can barely come up with one or two, just for a second, what are you thankful for? And then I want to invite you. Ask God for more. Say, I need more or I want more. I want more. What is it you need to tell God? Take a second. Just ask him, what do you need more of in your life? As we continue praying this morning, there might be some of you here. Maybe you've never been connected to the source of life. Jesus came to the woman and said, you keep drawing water, you keep trying to fulfill your thirst, but the only thing that will fill your thirst is me. And if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith, your trust in God, he says, come to me. He says, believe in Jesus, that he lived a perfect life where you didn't and you couldn't. Jesus lived a perfect life and he died on the cross for us and he rose again. And if you want to put your trust in him for the forgiveness of your sins and you want to believe in him, you can just pray this along with me. God, I believe that I have sinned. Jesus, I believe you lived a perfect life. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again for me. And I choose to follow you, Jesus. God, I pray for everybody here this morning. I pray that you might just pour out your blessing over them. That your presence might just be in this place in a more full way for us as we continue our worship together this morning. May you just fill this house. May we be filled to overflowing with all we need to drink, all we want to drink. God, may you pour out your spirit and your, your presence here this morning. Amen. Amen. If you're here today, if God did something, you know, last week we had almost two dozen people stand for prayer. I don't believe God didn't do anything during our time. Each and every week, God is moving in this place. My wife told me as we debriefed, you know, last Sunday afternoon, she says, service was great. I loved it. God was moving. But you forgot to tell them. She said, you forgot to tell them, you know, if God is doing something in your life, one of our, our values here at Tekoa is that we're storytellers. Maybe you're like Jairus, who, even though he's just a high school student, said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bold and share my story. Maybe, maybe you share in a more public way, but maybe it's just, just with us. That's okay, too. But don't keep your story to yourself. If God is moving in your life, if he moved this morning, if he moved last week, if he moves during the week, share it with our team. We want to hear what God is doing because it builds our faith as well. Don't keep it just to yourself. So we're going to respond with one more song right now. We're going to ask that God would build his church. Would you let this song become your prayer? That God would build our church, that he would build his church. We're going to thank him for what he's done, but we're going to ask for more. We thank him that he built the foundation. We've made it a year, but we're going to ask for more. And maybe you want to make this a commitment even to be a part of this house, his house. I want to invite everybody to stand with us as we join in worship. Join and sing this song. That Tekoa would be a place where you turn to him. Go back a slide for me. Go, that Tekoa would be a place where 
this song would be your song. This prayer would become your prayer. Where Tekoa would be a place where God's people turn to Him when they need Him or they turn to Him even when times are good and they would see Him provide in their lives. That we would see Him build this house and this place into a place of hope and a place of healing. A place where everyone would be able to find their place, find their people, find their purpose. A place where lives are healed and transformed, where marriages are restored, where those that are lonely find community, where ultimately God's Spirit resides in a tangible way because He is the one that transforms lives. It's not just the music, it's not just the preaching, it's not just people, but it's God that changes lives. So let's worship. Let's pray that God would build this place, that His presence and He would build His church. Because it's not our church, it's his church. Would you sing with us? Let this song be your song. God, build your church. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.